You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. And we are ready to kick off the 2021 postseason White Sox versus Astros game one Thursday afternoon. And the first home game is going to be on Sunday for the White Sox. It is an evening game, which means we have an afternoon pre-party. All the details coming up here very shortly. But first... Let me tell you about Family Waterproofing Solutions, our proud sponsors. You might have heard the commercial right at the beginning of the show. Do not forget that if you mention Socks in the Basement, you get money off. You might have some foundation things that popped up over the summer. You might want to have the basement looked at. Give them a call, 708-330-4466, or visit them at FamilyDry.com and see all that they can do for you. My friend, there's so much we're going to talk about today, and... Don Paul's on the show because I wanted to talk to a pitcher that has a ring. Yeah, somebody somebody who's been there and done that, right? Right. He, he didn't do it with the White Sox, but the guy's got a ring. And I wanted to chat with him and just kind of talk to him about what these pitchers, especially some of these young pitchers, might be going through. Uh, who Tony La Russa would probably lean on in the bullpen? Is it the guy that is hot recently or is it uh, the guy that is proven over the year or over his career? Like, what would you do? I saw this thing on MLB Network I want to ask him about where they were breaking down that the Astros live on the outside portion of the plate when they're up at the plate and that the White Sox like to get a lot of their outs on the outside portion of the plate. So you have a team that pitches to the exact same spot that that team likes to hit at. So I want to know, hey, would you change? Can you change? Is it easy to start throwing inside now when your pitchers have been angling for the outside portion of the plate more than anything? So there's so much we could talk about with Don Paul. That's coming up, but I want to kick it off right now with give me your prediction. Why bounce around? Why wait to the end of the show? Tell me your prediction for the ALDS, my friend. My prediction? Pain. <laughs> no. Um, I just ain't pain. Anytime anybody ever asked me for that, I got I to gotta go Rocky on that one. Um, I honestly, I, I my prediction, which uh, my predictions are basically up at the Mismatch Sox blog, uh, as I recap the entire 2021 White Sox postseason run. You went into the future and the graphic is Tony La Russa as Doc and Lucas Giolito as Marty. And you went through the entire postseason. And by the way, I want to thank you because you gave me not only the White Sox winning the division in game four of the ALDS, but you gave me the White Sox winning the pennant in game six. I have tickets to both games. So I, I thank you for that. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, I do have them winning the World Series on the road in San Francisco, however. Um, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. I, I do have them. I do have them winning the division series. I think they are going to be able to take one in Houston. And uh, I think they'll do fine when they get home. It, it, and I I understand what, what, you know, the concern is, is that the Astros have lit up the Sox in the past. They've had some problems with these guys, but I'm just not terribly scared of the Astros pitching staff as it sits today versus the White Sox lineup as it sits today because I think you just have Luis Robert and Yasmani Grandal are in particular 
a huge difference from some of the earlier Astros games, just in terms of what they are, they have been doing and where they are at the plate. And I just, I'm not, I'm not impressed with Lance McCullers as an ace. Like we pointed out in the last show, he is Dylan Cease. He's our number three, four guy. And I'm also just really, I'm not worried about Zach Granke at all. I know he's had a history, but his stuff right now just isn't there. Really the guy that, that has me concerned, Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia is pretty good. Jose Arquiti is pretty good, but these are just not aces. These aren't, we're not running up against the Dodgers from a couple of years ago. You know, you're running up against an Astros team that has put things together pretty decently, but has questions in the rotation, has an okay at best bullpen, a closer that's battling a sore knee and a lineup that has a hole at catcher and a hole in the outfield where they, they really are just running through guys around Kyle Tucker and Michael Brantley. And frankly, Brantley's, beat up he's he's one of those guys that he's hit the end of a long season after not really having a long season last year and it's not treated him well you know I find it interesting that you go in that direction where the White Sox hitters are going to overwhelm the Astros pitchers anybody that's looking at this from the outside of Chicago that hasn't taken a very good look at this team they seem to focus immediately on well those Astros can hit and you know Carlos Rodon is uh, injured and Lance Lynn hasn't been perfect uh, in the second half and so the White Sox won't be able to compete with you know worry about our hitters you know our our team can hit and it seems like that's the thing that's being left out of the discussion when I see it over the last couple of days when it rarely pops up because let's be honest the Yankees and the Red Sox are playing each other in a winner take all game and that's all anybody really wants to talk about. <laughs> right. That, that's all the previews were about was Yankees, Red Sox, winner take all. Yeah, let's bring out that Bucky Dent footage. We we just can't let that go. Right. You know, it's just, you know. Hey, hey, remember when Aaron Boone wasn't managing and he hit that home run? Right. Before I get to what the national guys are doing, I think they win in five, but I think they win on the road. And And the reason I say that is that it's the safe pick. First of all, I think they're fully capable of winning one of these games in Houston. And I think Dylan Cease is going to win game three. Like, I feel like yeah. Dylan Cease has a spectacular performance in front of a home crowd in game three with the blackout and with the fans into it. And I think this team really responds. And I think game three is a W in my mind. And the only reason why I say five is sometimes your predictions are wrong. I, I, I think they can do it in four. I'm saying five because something might go wrong. But I still think this team can overcome in that fifth game. If this team, you know, loses both of them in Houston and has to win the last three, I think they're capable of it. If this team splits with Houston, wins game three, and then disappoints in game four, and the Astros are all excited because they get to go home for game five, I think this team overcomes in game five. So that's why I'm saying sacks in five. Let me break down a couple of um, so-called expert panels that are out right now. I always, I always love the expert panels. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to predicting White Sox successes, I love the expert panels. Right. The out-of-town stupid that has not been watching this team that much. Like, they saw the Field of Dreams game. That was it. That's the only yeah. game that they watched. So that, that's their, their, whole, their whole experience <laughs> is the Field of Dreams game. Right. Which is a fun game, but really not reflective of White Sox baseball as, like, this is what you get every single day. But first, let's look at CBS Sports. And they have their five writers, their baseball writers, who have to make their predictions. Sure. Uh, and they've got them all lined up here, and they're making their predictions for every single series. So they start with the wild card, they go through the ALDS, then they go through the, the ALCS and NLCS, and they go through the World Series, and they make their picks. There are only three series in which all five of them pick the same team. They all pick the Yankees, 
They all picked the Dodgers, and they all picked the Astros in the ALDS over the White Sox. Oh, come on. All of them. You know what? I can't wait to shove it back in their faces. Not one of them think the White Sox can beat the Astros in this series. You know, and I've heard this now two or three times, and I feel like all these guys are watching each other. This thing of, well, I wouldn't be surprised if the White Sox got swept in three games, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won the World Series. And like, it's like one person said it, everybody's saying it now. It's, it's, and this is like the mentality that, hey, the Astros are great, and they're gonna, they're gonna run through everyone. People are picking them to win the World Series. They're a popular pick. I've seen in a lot of things they're a popular pick. CBS gives the White Sox absolutely zero love. Meanwhile, if I go over to ESPN, who I've never really enjoyed as a as a giant network, right? Uh, you know, I'm not talking about the uh, radio station. Uh, we'll leave that opinion separate. There's good individual reporting there. There are good writers involved in ESPN. There are some good broadcasters. ESPN 1000 locally, you know, is a different animal than what you're talking about in Bristol. But we are talking about the network that has, on repeated occasions, forgotten about the 2005 White Sox. That's correct. When they get to the ALDS, Astros White Sox, and they have 36 different experts. Not all of those guys are experts, right. by the way. Well, supposedly there's there's 36 experts that ESPN was able to find. Two-thirds of them picked the Astros to win that series. Twelve. Okay. One-third picked the White Sox to win that series. As it moves on to the ALCS, of those 12 that picked the White Sox to win the first round, half of them, six, have them winning the pennant. Okay. And when we get to the World Series, three of the 36 experts pick the White Sox to win the World Series. One of the three experts, Jason Benetti. Good for you, Jason. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. <laughs> Good job, I mean, Jason. I mean, because seriously, most of ESPN just can't help themselves but pick the Yankees or the Red Sox or whatever, because that's their favorite team. Right. And so at least we got a guy in there that threw White Sox out there. So uh, that's fine. But I think what the reason I'm bringing all this up is enjoy the fact that it's us against the world, because it is. Enjoy the fact that nobody believes we can do it, because they don't. Just like in 05, when the Red Sox were just supposed to beat us in the first round. Okay. Right. And when the Red Sox didn't beat us, the Angels were going to beat us because they had won a World Series recently. Right. Like that yep. was going yep. to happen. That was that was the that was the story. Exactly. So look, enjoy the fact that we're the underdogs. Live in it. Thrive in it. I think this team is going to have an awful lot of fun proving an awful lot of people wrong. And I think they're going to make Harold Reynolds look like a genius with his picks on MLB Network, where he ran the White Sox all the way through. And was laughed at by all the other guys on that network. Now, I'm not going to say all the other guys in the network because we have a very important member of MLB Network joining us on our show coming up on Saturday that will follow game two. We'll record it right after game two. I I might even release it on Friday night, depending on how quickly Ed and I can get that thing laid down after the first two games of the ALDS are done. We're going to talk about who that is. A massive contest in which we will be giving away $1,000 to White Sox fans, Sox in the Basement listeners, and we have a big event coming up, pre-party at Cork and Carry at the park. This is Sox in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxintheBasement.com. Sox in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes. 
in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota, and one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. As the postseason approaches and a lot of the focus is going to be on White Sox pitching and going up against the Astros, I figured I'd bring in one of our favorite pitchers to talk to here on Sox in the Basement, the great Don Paul. How are you, Don? I am good. I don't know about the great one, but I'm doing well. Oh, I, I Look, I appreciate every time you come on here. You're the great my book, my friend. And uh, you got some young pitchers going into a postseason. and got, Some of them got experience last year in a very small dose. Yeah. Which is nice. That's nice to have. But you're going to have a few guys, maybe their first time, that they really get out there in a pressure situation. Uh, You've played in some pressure games before in your life. What advice would you give a pitcher that knows they're going to be under the spotlight just a little bit more in a big game? Uh, Did you prepare for big games differently in your career? It's hard not to. You know, so much emphasis is on a bigger game. So certainly you're thinking about it more. So you, you certainly... I want to prepare more. I want to make sure you do as well as you can. And, you know, the, the advice would be really to go out there and, and not make it bigger than, than it really is. You know, you, you got to just simplify it. And, and you hate to say just treat it like a regular game, but you, you can't just go out there and change the way that you've been pitching, though. You all of a sudden, don't all of a sudden, yeah, I'm not gonna throw harder. I'm not gonna throw better. I'm not gonna be more precise. You can't be thinking all that. You gotta go out there and pitch your game, and and really try to get yourself calmed down to pitch the way that you always pitch, and, and believe in yourself and trust yourself, and not just get uh, too wrapped up in the moment. I saw an interesting segment on the MLB Network here as we lead into this first postseason series where it was pointed out that White Sox pitchers live on the outside part of the plate. They love to pitch away from batters. Uh, They go out there to try to make that their out pitch, their wipeout pitch. But the Astros also live on the outside part of the plate, that their hitters tend to really play the outside portion of the plate but struggle with inside pitching. And so the question (laughs) was, could the White Sox, could their pitchers – focus more on throwing on the inside portion of the plate, or were they so good to the outside portion of the plate that it wouldn't matter how good the Astros were? So you're a pitcher. How easy would it be or how hard would it be for a White Sox team that has lived on the outside to go into a series and say, now we're going to pitch inside? I I wouldn't think we'd all of a sudden change everything up, also become an inside you know, kind of a pitching but I would, I would think maybe you would mix it up a little bit more, you know, not just completely outside, but I think you'd mix in some of the inside stuff as well. So, I mean, basically you're going with the Sox strength against the Astros strength, you know, and see who wins is what you're coming down to if you're all going on the outside part of it. But you don't want to pitch to your 
maybe not your strength. You know, I don't know if I'd call it the weakness going inside, but if it's not your strength, you, you, you just don't want to lose, you know, going against what you've done all year and against what your strength is really. So I think it's still stress, their strength of throwing it outside, but, but, you know, not living out there and still mixing it inside too. You know, a lot was made about the fact that guys pitched inside high and tight to Jose Abreu all year. And there was an awful lot of times he got hit where people said that isn't intentional. That's just a pitcher. They can't control it in there. What, what's the difference when you're, you're trying to go inside on somebody, but you know, you're going to get that ball real close to them, but you, that's where you want to go. Is it just a harder thing? Is it, are you trying to pinpoint more? Is it a more difficult thing to do? Sometimes it is more difficult to go inside because you, you don't want to sort of hit that, hit the batter and you've got him hanging over the plate there. So it definitely can be tougher you go inside than it is outside. Um, just it's what you're focusing on. You know, you, you re- it really is there's more focus because 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 hey, you got the hitter there too. So you really got to focus on hitting the catcher's glove inside and taking the whole hitter out of the equation and just you know, looking at their catcher's glove and going right for that. What pitchers have really impressed you this year? And you you've watched a lot of these games, I'm sure. You've seen this White Sox pitching staff. You saw the way that. A guy like Lance Lynn early on was just so dominating, even though he's had a little bit of a rough stretch here towards the back end of the season due to injury, and he's going to be out there pitching in this series. Lucas Giolito, uh, a few ups and downs early in the year, but has been really rock solid. Dylan Cease looks like he's improved a little bit. Rodon had a great start, but we don't know what he's going to be able to do for the White Sox. So who stood out to you so far this year that you're, you're excited to see in the postseason? I'm excited to see all these guys pitching. The problem is... So all these guys have stood out and had phenomenal, you know, games and stretches, and all of them have had some not so good games too. You know, the, just a, a lot of stretches where they're they're struggling. Um, you know, so even even Hendricks and, and and you know the closer. I mean, he, you want to count on him, you have confidence in him, but there's stretch of games where all of a sudden he gives up a, a few home runs or something. You know, so all these guys. Hopefully that they are all healthy enough and uh, on top of their game because when they are, they are dominant. Look at I mean Dylan Cease can dominate. He's got such great stuff. It's you're excited to see the good Dylan Cease out there, um, but also you hate to see you know him and a lot of these guys seem like they they throw so many pitches. You know they're, they're, they're lucky to get through five innings and all of a sudden they're at a hundred pitches at five six innings or something. You know, so I just like to see these guys just throwing more strikes, attacking the hitters, uh, going after it with, with their good stuff. You know, and, and Carlos Rodon, really excited to see him earlier in the year. I mean, his stuff is just, you know, hard, wipeout slider, hard fastball. It's awesome. Again, just doesn't look like the same guy right now, though. I mean, sir, I'm definitely worried about that because instead of being the dominating lefty he was before. Now he seems to be the crafty lefty kind of out there. The other guy was throwing 90 miles an hour now instead of 98 and, and his slider is, is less velocity too. You know, so all of a sudden we'll see if all of a sudden he can make the adjustment from being the, the dominant guy to being the, the crafty guy out there. Um, so anyway, all these pitchers, they, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to do. You know, uh, hopefully we get the Giolito, the, the, the good Giolito, that we've seen so many times and, and, and the good Lance Lynn stuff. And, you know, if so, I think we'd be in great shape. I want to draw upon your experience being in all these different kinds of bullpens around Major League Baseball and being a part of a couple of teams uh, that went on to win some things. Uh, and and you, you being around pitching talent and, and your own self, 
Is it better for the manager? And I, th- I'm not doing this to set up Tony Larusa, but I'm just kind of curious. Is it is it better for the manager to go with the hot hand over the last month when he needs somebody to come in and get it out, or does or is it better to go with the history of the guy if he had an overall good year? I only say this because some bullpen guys get streaky, and you yourself, you probably have experienced it time and time, you know, from time to time where you're just having a, a down couple of weeks and you're trying to figure something out. Does Tony rely more on what the guy has done lately, or does he go off a of pedigree? Do you think? I, I think it's a combination of both, but definitely what you've done lately, I think, should have a big, big factor in it. You know, because some guys can have a a great season, a great career, whatever. And if they're struggling, uh, you don't want to throw them out there, keep throwing them out there uh, if it's a struggle, if they're not doing well. You know, and if guys are, are hot and throwing really well, um, I would use them more often. I mean, I all of a sudden wouldn't, you know, throw somebody else in the closer spot because they're hot. But, you know, I think you got to look at both sides of what you're talking about there. But definitely, uh, I would lean a lot on that. What have you done for me lately, too? Because, like you said, guys can get streaky, and all of a sudden, you know, if you're hot or you're not. I mean, look at, you know, last year, uh, you know, they kept riding. Uh, who, was there, who was our DH last year that was there for the one year that would hit about 200 away? Oh, yeah, Edwin Encarnacion. That was terrible. Edwin Encarnacion, right. They kept throwing him out there. Look at his history. Look what he's done, you know? And it just kept it was terrible after terrible, you know? So I think at some point you got to go by how, how you're doing lately for us. You look at this lineup, you see this White Sox team and how they swing the bat. Who would you be most afraid to go up against? If Don Paul had to go in, in his prime, I want a prime Don Paul, and he's got to come into the game and he's got to get this guy out and he'd be like, oh man, this guy's scary. Is there somebody that you look at when you watch the games and you go, wow, that's a it's a dangerous hitter in that White Sox lineup? Oh my gosh. They're, they're, the, the thing is, they got so many guys. They really do. I mean, their offense is, is so talented. Uh, you can go down the list of the order, you know, or I mean, Tim Anderson, uh, you know, my kind of Abreu. I, I guess I, I guess I might maybe say Abreu might be the top one, especially with a, in an RBI situation. Uh, you know, but Jimenez and Robert, I mean, they've got so many tough guys out there on that team. But I, I guess I'd say Abreu just because he, he has been so clutch so many times. There we go. Don Paul. I appreciate you jumping on and uh, talking a little pitching with us and giving us a little insight in the things that we might see and we can watch for here in the postseason. And uh, thank you so much, my friend, for jumping on Socks in the Basement. Happy to do it anytime. First of all, your whole weekend is going to be insane. We've got Thursday baseball, Friday baseball, and then after the first two games of this series against the Astros, you're going to have a Sox in the Basement release in which we're going to recap the first couple games for you. Look forward to the rest of the series. And joining us on the line will be MLB Network's Steven Nelson, big White Sox fan, going to be joining us on that show. So we've got that all lined up for you. And then on Sunday, it's going to be a full day of partying. I mean, my sister reached out to me. She's going to the game with me, Ed. My dad is on vacation. He planned it ahead of time. I don't know why he does this. He has season tickets, and it's like he doesn't believe the White Sox are going to be good enough to make the postseason, <laughs> and he misses portions so, of the postseason. Yeah. Right. So he's like, the two tickets, they're yours and your sister's, and we're like, yes, we'll go to those games. She already reached out, and she's like, I want to get down there early, and I was like, I got the perfect thing for you. It's a 7.07 start. Starting at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, pregame with us, starting three hours before the game begins, 
at Cork and Carey at the park, 33rd in Princeton. Socks in the basement going to be out there with some giveaways and some fun. I don't know where you pre-party at, but I'm going to tell you right now, the one thing I know for sure is that the Cork is going to be just live. Yeah. It, it is just so much fun to be there before a game. It's fun to be there after a game, especially after a win. Come out and join us. Indoor, outdoor seating, the full bar, uh, the craft beer selection, of course, the old favorites, the incredible food. It's going to be crowded in that ballpark. And you're going to get an opportunity to come in, spend a little bit less after paying for playoff tickets, you know, and, and get yourself a good meal without having to stand in a long line and miss something during the game. Get the belly full, get the beer flowing, get the party rolling at Cork and Carry at the Park on 33rd in Princeton and join myself and Ed Sachs in the basement out there starting at 4 p.m. And I'm pumped. I mean, I'm pumped for the ALDS. I'm pumped for Sunday. I'm I'm so pumped for that, yeah. I'm looking forward to being out there at Cork and Carry at the park and and having that pregame and, and just being around people and just the, the excitement level. Like I, I it's been so long since there's really been like a reason to be around people where you could be that like pumped up about something. And yeah. I, I'm saying like too much. That's how bad it is. So yeah, I'm, I, know. I'm, I should really stop talking before I sound really, really dumb. You should. And also remember, if you want to see everything that Cork and Carry at the Park has to offer, go to CorkandCarryAtThePark.com and also visit their Beverly location. If you're not able to make it down to the ballpark, I'm sure it'll be on all those TVs, the indoor and the outdoor patio TVs throughout the entire postseason. Uh, what do you think Tony La Russa is going to do lineup wise here? in the playoffs because I'm looking back at his, his final few games of the season. And I'm convinced that Larry Garcia may be playing almost every day, if not every day, listening to the platitudes and listening to how much he loves him and seeing Garcia playing hot in the back half of the year, like Larry Garcia could be starting in right field or second base any given day. Oh yeah. And, and I don't, I don't see why, why he wouldn't see a lot of Larry Garcia. I mean, we we kind of looked at him versus Cesar Hernandez and, uh, you know, Hernandez, the better glove man for sure, but not hitting nearly as well as he was when he was in Cleveland. And he's not what he was in, in the past in his history. Garcia, the worry is always that he just gets exposed by certain pitchers or that when you play him in long stretches, that eventually people figure out how to get him out. But to Larry's credit, last seven games, 333 average. He's got an on-base percentage of 379, which is really good. A slugging percentage of 481, which for him is really good. That extends out to the last 15 games. That extends out to the last 30 games. Frankly, Larry Garcia is just ripping it up in his last 100 at-bats. You know, I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to be playing a guy who's got an OPS over 800, an average over 320, and you know, is really is capable of covering right field or is capable of covering second base for this team. And you've got question marks in both in both spots where you're not quite sure what you want to do on any given game. After the postseason, Ed, though, there is something that is going to happen. I hope we don't even start this competition until November. Right. We, we don't want to start this. Yeah, we don't want to start this for weeks, weeks and weeks here. Exactly. That would mean we've won a World Series and then we're doing this as like a celebration competition. But throughout the offseason... Ed and I have been sitting around talking about it, and then we spoke with uh, a, a fine gentleman who's advertised on the show before, Butch Zemar over at Elite Benefits of America, and Butch put up a thousand bucks. And we are going to here on Socks in the Basement have a guest bounty in the off season. Uh, essentially, we're going to pay the person who brings in the best guest. 
Just the biggest name? Yeah. Does it have to be a baseball name? No. It could be a. You could bring in bring in Tom Hanks. You bring in Tom Hanks, you might win, right? You you, you bring hey. in right. You get you get me. Uh, I don't know. Pick a singer. I don't know who any of the new singers are. Let's go with an older one. Dave Grohl jumps on the show. Okay. Okay. Wants to talk baseball for a half hour. You you could win a thousand dollars. We'll we'll pick like the top ones, and then we'll put out a poll across social media and on the website that will allow people to vote for the top one. Okay. And the winner of that is so it's so it's impartial. So it's not just me and Ed picking. The winner of that is going to win the $1,000. Well, and you actually have to deliver the guest, too. You can't just sit there and say, I will get you Tom Hanks. No, you got to bring him out. And have no prayer of actually getting him. No, the guest has to appear on the show. He doesn't have to be here in studio, although in in studio, (laughs) you're definitely going to be in the final four. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) You're definitely, you know, you get... You get uh, you get some big name guest in here. Carlton Fisk is sitting at my bar. That's that's awesome. Okay, and you're you're definitely getting into the top four. Frank Thomas comes down here. Okay, brings me the last remaining can of Big Hurt beer. You're ending up in the top four. This is a chance for you to win a G because you know somebody. That's really what this is. If you know somebody, or you know somebody who knows somebody, and you're able to get somebody that we wouldn't normally be able to get to come onto this show, you win a grand. Okay, spend yeah. it however you want to. Cash money. It's all yours. All right. So that that's the giveaway. It is not going to start until the off season begins. This is going to be our off season competition, and it will run throughout the off season, and we'll crown somebody in March. But it's all brought to you by Elite Benefits of America. Uh, what they do is they set up health insurance for companies, uh, you know, big and small. So the idea is that they go and they find a way for you to spend the least amount of money on insurance for your employees and get the most amount of benefits. And they come up with a bunch of different plans. So it fits all the different people in your business so that, you know, maybe you get to keep the employees that you really like and they don't look for something better. And he works through all those different things. Check him out at elitebenefits.net and learn more about them. But they have put up a thousand dollars and now it'll be up to you guys. So as the postseason's going on, permeate in your brains. Who can I get on socks in the basement that can get me a grand? Right. Who could do that? When you're getting ready to buy World Series tickets, which will be very expensive when we finally get there, who's going to get you the money to pay those off by coming on socks in the basement, right? Who's going to do that for you? Who is your cousin's roommate's <laughs> best friend's former dog sitter's right. third uncle right. or aunt who can get you that thousand dollars start start thinking about who's out there in your little world i just imagine like anybody from lamont's gonna be like i know burley <laughs> right <laughs> run, well yeah of course. you're running anybody yeah, from lamont they're like i know burley like i, I can get you burley I, I, I get you burley right now right <laughs> so i mean like and i would love that man get mark burley down here drinking beers i mean that, that right there could win a thousand dollars for you all right, right i'd love absolutely. i'd love to sit down with mark burley and have some beers now, now, Chris, you you cannot pay yourself for getting Ron Kittle. No, no, I we cannot do this ourselves. Any guest that we yeah. bring in ourselves, and and I'll be honest with you, we've already got one lined up for the postseason that's really big that's waiting till it's over. Okay, and so we've we've got one that is a just a huge first time guest. That one's not going to count. All right. But we've got big plans for the off season. No matter what happens here, if it's parades, which I think it could be. We've got plans. If it's if it's if it's let's look at what we're gonna do next year to get us to the promised land. We've got plans here at Sacks in the Basement. And remember, you could subscribe anywhere. We were out at that Oktoberfest 
Uh, and we were talking to a lot of Sox fans, and there's some of them that wait until they see a pop-up on their social media like Twitter and Facebook. You know, Facebook went down the other day. You don't want to miss episodes or all of a sudden, like, they don't start, they don't show you the links anymore because they want me to pay to show you the links, and then you miss out on Socks in the Basement. You know, go to SocksInTheBasement.com, every different podcast player, every different podcast service right there where you can just click on it, and then you get the you get yourself subscribed, or put your email in there, and we'll send you an email reminder with every show. Every show. If you put your email in there, when a, when a new blog comes out, when a, when a new show comes out, you get hit with an email with a link immediately to the show. So if you don't want to put an extra app on your phone, just go onto the website and pop your email in there and we'll send you the link so you can do it. Never miss out on a show and don't miss out on what we have planned in the off season. And don't miss out on what we have planned right now, because this is going to be quite a run. Like I said, I don't even want to look at that thousand dollar guest bounty until November, because that's how, how long I want this to last, Ed. And whether you call it guest hunters or guest, uh, hunters. guest busters, guest or- busters. We're going to have, it maybe, I don't even know if I'm settled on the name yet. Although I, I kind of, yeah. I kind of like Guest Bounty, right? Like, yeah, well, we can go with Guest Bounty. Get some Bounty. sound effects, like some old West music, like a, yeah, like something like that in the background, you know, and play it whenever we're talking about it. We might have some fun with that, you know, little cow right. pokes. Bring your, bring we'll, your. We'll play with it more. Right. But, but first things first, we've, we've got, we've got a, a World Series to win. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.